everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. This is a very special show, and I'm going to tell you why before we get into who's on the show. Mm-hmm. Number one, we just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary. We did. And I just want to say that Nikki is the luckiest woman on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, but I also, had that tattooed on my back. I tattooed <laughs> it on her back. Um, and also, this show, uh, as it airs uh, on Sunday, is our 15th anniversary show. We've been on the air for 15 years. Yay! Yeah, that's amazing. Yay! It's very it doesn't seem like that long. Fortunately, I have not changed, and neither have you, so mm-hmm. it's all good. All right, so let's get into it. We've got a great show today. Um, actually, I'm going to stop you first. Before okay, we get into today's me. show, I do want to remind everybody about Chefs for Equality. Chefs for Equality is the D.C. Area event. It is the only chef-led event that raises funds for the LBGTQIA uh, and the human rights campaign. David Hagador, myself, Amber Fowl, Anthony Hasillas, J.P. Sabate, and several others are on the committee that puts this event together every year. We feed 800 people. It is a blowout party. If you have not bought your tickets yet, please do so. It's chefsforequality.org. It's October 30th, so get your tickets There's now. only one table left, but there's plenty of tickets left for the Speed Diner and for general uh, admission. Okay, so now you can go ahead. every show has a cocktail or beer or wine segment. Today we're joined by Wynn Robertson, who's the head psalm, and Eric Stumpy, who's the GM at Bourbon Steak, which is one of the most fun places in the entire city. They're in the Four Seasons. Uh, and um, they're here to, you know, mix up some cocktails and talk about no, stuff. they're pouring wine. But they're not mixing they're, up cocktails. They're not. They are pouring no, okay. wine, okay. and I should know that. Right. But they're also here to talk about... Um, uh, the return of Georgetown Wine and Dine to the Four Seasons for the second year. Um, it's, a, it's We'll get to it. We'll get right. to it. I mean, tell everybody else who else is coming stars on. stars all over it. All right. So we're also joined today by Chef Matt Smith. He's the executive chef at Alta Strada in Mosaic. Uh, um, that's a Michael Schlau restaurant. We're here all about that. And there is not a bad Michael Schlau restaurant in this entire world. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, another sign of autumn is here. Susan Eblen and Amy White are here. They're from Luckett's Old Store. They're joining us with details about the annual Luckett's Fall Vintage Market. That and starts... I love vintage, so I cannot wait to find out more That's why she married about me. what they're doing it. Because yes. I'm vintage. You are. Uh, but it starts October 13th, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, at the Clark County Fairgrounds. And if you think you know anything about non-traditional Jap- Japanese cuisine, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you're going to find out. Jeff King is here. He's the co-owner uh, and managing director of Kyojin, which is new in Georgetown. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's joined by Chef uh, uh, Kanatsute. Yeah. I did a good job there. Mm-hmm. And the chef, and they brought in so much sushi. I mean, I mean we're going to feed the 101st Airborne with the yes. food they brought in. But let's go to Win and Eric. Talk a little bit about what you guys have going well, on. So, at- first of all, I feel like David did a disservice in the introduction How dare because you? you know last year we were there for this first culinary event that you guys launched. Which was awesome. You really wanted to change the way DC thought about a, a festival, a culinary festival. We don't have one like you know food and wine festival uh, like they do all around the country. Um, and you guys really want to change that conversation. So, can we talk a little bit about that? Thank you again for uh, inviting us to mm-hmm. the segment today. Um, this is going to be the second annual 
Georgetown Wine and Dine Festival where Chef mm -hmm. Michael Mina uh, invites some uh, wonderful celebrity chefs as well as local talent. We're doing Thursday and Friday, but it's right. A, last year it was Friday and Saturday. It was Friday and Saturday, mm -hmm. yes. Um, really a three-part process. It kicks off with a grand reception where uh, the celebrity chefs will will be there to, to meet and mingle, um, as well as the wineries pouring their uh, their sampled uh, uh, beverages that Wynn will speak to uh, mm -hmm. more so. Friday, we have a, a two-part event. Uh, it, it kicks off with a uh, master classes where the wineries themselves will be presenting their wines uh, to the panel of, of people that are purchasing tickets. Um, as well as that night, we have our, our grand festivities, which is the chef dinner, um, paired with all the great wineries that are are featured. For talk about some. Of, wait, talk about some of the chefs that are going to be there because you know Michael Mina is no small potato with his Michelin star, and I assume Adam Sobel and the rest yeah, of the crew. Yeah, I was going to say Sobel's coming in, right? Sobel is coming in for sure. So uh, Michael Mina and Adam, um, Chef Adam, are definitely uh, going to be there. We also have uh, Nina Compton, um, Chef Hillary Sterling. We have Chef Jose Mandin and Brad Kilgore mm -hmm. um, joining us. And then for local talent, uh, Chef Yun Tang from Rooster and Owl. Fabulous. Um, and then Chef Gilly Epi from uh, La Vanguardia. Um, from right across, right across the, street. the street. Yeah. Okay. When we're just going to bring you on for a quick sec because you're going to tell us what you're pouring, and then we'll hit you up in the next round. Yeah, okay. Sure. Great. What are you pouring? Well, of course we're going to start with champagne. Oh, uh, of course we are. One of our uh, featured wineries that is uh, donating their their time uh, for us is Krug. Uh, so That's terrible. I know, right. Um, so we have the uh, the Grand Cuvée, the 170 edition uh, Krug, known for uh, a bigger, fuller bodied style of champagne. Uh, and almost 200 different wines get blended into their cuvee every year. So a lot of hard work goes into the cellar even after all the grapes are picked and stuff. So cool. um, lots, of, lots of beautiful notes to it, and, um, and it's just, uh, just the best way to start, as always. Well, I think we could all toast to that. So while you're pouring for everybody <laughs> in studio, we'll go uh, we'll talk a little bit about a new restaurant in Georgetown. So um, about, like, I want to say it wasn't a year ago. How long was it? that I went into Yumi. Yumi, and you, Chef, you did a dinner sort of showcasing what you were going to do with the new restaurant, yeah. right? So can we talk a little bit about your sort of culinary history and how you, because I, I don't think a lot of people know, like, how you got started in the food world. Oh, how I started this? I started living and moved uh, from, uh, uh, from Thailand, mm -hmm. like 19 years old, and uh, starting uh, when I go to the Japanese restaurant. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, that time, right, it's, it's really surprised me because, like, it's the Japanese food is like art, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, especially... But were you cooking Thai food before, or yeah, you, I, you actually, were? I opened a Thai restaurant with mom in Thailand, you know, okay. and uh, that time when I moved up here, that's the thing where I tell, like, oh, this is not the same, like, any, like, Thai food. Mm -hmm. More flavor, more texture, and like art, you know, like some more detail kind of stuff. That's why I'm in my mind. I said that's thing. That's I want to learn. Okay. You know, and that's that. That's when I'm starting. Is it hard to be own, own a restaurant with your mother? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's but, you know. hard to do a radio show with your wife. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, um, so, Jeff, so Jeff, how did you guys yeah, hook how'd you up? How did you find each other? First, congratulations on 15. Thank years you. And 27 years. I'm I was going to say, what'd you Jeff, bring us? But I already know. Move up a little bit, get closer to the mic, move please. Move my face. Yeah, so I can see you now. Okay. So a mutual friend introduced Chef Connoisseur and I about seven and a half years ago. I was looking to invest in another project. And came in and actually, for the first time in my life, uh, tried Chef Peter's omakase mm -hmm. and was blown away. 
Mm. Um, my palate was on a different journey, and I started bringing friends back. Wait, wait, what does that mean? Your palate was on a different journey. Was it in somebody else's mouth? Yeah. Is that what you're I mean, saying? The style uh, I had never had. So okay. I was used to traditional sushi, which is great, mm -hmm. but the uniqueness of Chef Kana Suit was that he, the sauces and the quality of the fish was just took my mouth on a journey. Mm. So um, I was very impressed. So after probably a year and a half of me just being a patron and losing probably $20,000 to him uh, to go <laughs> eat there, um, we started talking about opening up a concept, and that's when Yumi came along. Okay. Um, and can we just give people the 411 on Yumi because it's in sure. Arlington, it but it's Arlington. so different from the it new is. restaurant. So it let's is. give, like, explain so, that. I wouldn't call Yumi a fast casual restaurant just based on the price points. Um, mm -hmm. It is kind of our first step is what it was. Yumi's style, we do not have a kitchen at Yumi. So everything you're eating is fresh. It's filleted that day. Chef kind of suit, uh, orders it that evening as it's coming in. Mm. Um, and then by the time you we open up at 4 o'clock, you're actually eating what the chefs literally have just uh, just filleted. Wow. So. Kyogen is different. We do have a kitchen at Kyogen. It yeah, you guys actually have like a hood, right? So you can do we hot have, dishes. Yeah. We have two hoods. We have mm -hmm. two hoods there, which is great because Chef kind of suit is actually can expand his menu now um, mm -hmm. and do do kind of his next level. And Kyogen for for us, the name of Kyogen means uh, giant, mm -hmm. whereas Yumi means a dream. Well, Chef, would you? I mean, you have other influences. Would you call this fusion Thai? Japanese cuisine. What uh, is it? Actually, I don't call it uh, in the fusion, right? Because like when when I learned that time, like the chef, like the teaching is kind of like the Japanese French cuisine. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, I'm that time I don't know that's probably like that's the Japanese food when I started, and how they're teaching about the the texture of ingredient, how they put everything together, and how to use the salt to change the the flavor of ingredient each layer. Mm -hmm. Right, it's not lost the flavor and the loss of the the the, the ingredient fresh. Well, all I can tell for the people who are out there listening is that we have about twelve people in the studio, and all I can hear behind me is slurping. Right, <laughs> well, <laughs> people should be digging into <laughs> the sushi. To dig in. But let's talk about how you got really creative with the sushi because you use a lot of truffles and caviar, wagyu. You're you're bringing in some, you use gold leaf, like a little bit non-traditional things yeah. into a lot, sushi. A lot of non-traditional. So what is it about playing with your food that you enjoy? Yeah, because like what I dream about, you know, I, I want to go all around the world, mm -hmm. right? But each ingredient is different in the world. Mm -hmm. But why not? I just bring everywhere and how to put together this, you know, and Pair it and how say like, oh you you want to buy some ingredient you have to go in Japan or one have buy something or go to Europe or kind of stuff but I try here how about being the world in this dream restaurant mm -hmm. you know and that's why I try to start to create it uh, little by little make a test you know and which one go well with you know and keep keep updated mm -hmm. you know like it's you sound the more like, never you sound more like a chemist than a chef yeah the food so, <laughs> Jeff I want to talk about the new space. How you selected it and sort of created your vision. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. So when we come back, we'll start with that, okay? This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast, 15 years on air. We'll be back in just a sec. So last time Nick and I were in Georgetown, we just wanted to get some food and chill out a little. And we went to Tony and Joe's Seafood Place on the Georgetown waterfront. 
uh, and I, we had a great meal. I, we had oysters. I don't remember what else we had. Well, the most fantastic thing about Tony and Joe's is, honestly, its location. It is right there on the water. You're looking at the Kennedy Center, and you're looking at the water, and there's all those boats going by, so you have great people watching. And that's whether you're dining outdoors on their amazing patio or dining indoors with their floor-to-ceiling windows. Um, of course, they have amazing seafood, like the oysters, usually local, um, but great lobster, great fish. And, uh, they have great steaks there, too. Yes, and they have steaks, too. It's just a great place to go for great drinks and great food with a view. I love their line. They say, come for the food, stay for the view, and that's what you should do. Tony and Joe's. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Jeff King, who's the co-owner, co-owner and managing director of Kyogen in Georgetown. And he's brought in Chef Kanasut, who is, you're not a chef, you're an artist. Okay. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You're a Renaissance man. So let's talk about the new space, how you selected it, and what your vision was. Well, we were actually looking at a space in Alexandria, Virginia mm-hmm. um, at the time. And our broker brought to our attention that a former L2 space in Caddy's Alley was not on the market, but was something that they would be interested in talking to us about and so mm. want to take it. I was very familiar with the space. Uh, it had a very long run of about 12 years prior to us. So second gen space. And the first day I ever walked in that space 12 years ago. But did ago, it have a kitchen? Because it was a nightclub. No, we ended up taking over uh, another retail space next to that. Oh, okay. And putting our kitchen inside of that. Gotcha. So originally our, our idea was two restaurants, mm-hmm. a very small, like, uh, I won't call it on Mikaze, but I'll call it like a chef's tasting counter mm-hmm. we were going to have. Um, but due to what we needed to add to the space, we're going to add that down the road. Okay. So. so, right. So now there's not an omakase, but let's talk about the overall experience when people go in sure. to, the, to the restaurant. Like, sure. it's not a traditional sushi restaurant. It is not. It's kind of turned on its head a little bit. So what does that mean to people who come in? So I think for our customers, when they come in, the sushi generally is very calm, quiet. Mm-hmm. And our, our serene, serene. serene. That's a great word mm-hmm. for us. It is complete opposite. Oh, you said um, sin. Mm-hmm. We have a, We have a DJ. Uh, our DJs generally start up around nine thirty or ten. So we start out every night. Not every night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the just the overall feel is very warm and inviting. Um, mm-hmm. You know what we love about that space and the feel of the design is that you feel like you you can have the worst elements outside. Super hot, rainy, or mm-hmm. snow. And it feels like the same thing on the inside. We partnered up with a designer out of Miami mm-hmm. who has done a lot of the restaurants down in that area, um, along with hotels, to create an environment that kind of speaks to Chef Connoisseur's style. Mm-hmm. So it's got a lot of murals inside it. It also has a lot of uh, details like chopsticks on the ceilings and stuff like that that have been enlarged. Fun. So it's really been taken to kind of the next level. That's great. And what about the, um, I know you have a sake program and a Japanese whiskey program. What about the curation of that? So the curation, we brought in a group um, of, of individuals to handle that for us. Um, the sake, what we're planning to do there is we do have a sake bar that seats four. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, an entire room designated for that. But what that's set up for is for sake tastings. Mm. Our goal is to do that about two or three times a month to bring in different sake vendors and or Japanese whiskey vendors to do sampling for our customers. It'll be free of charge. Um, on top of that, we will also be doing uh, pairings. So Chef will create a uh, dining experience for customers that they can purchase tickets to and sit with the chef and sit with the sake and or whiskey uh, distributor and pair up the dishes with the food. Well, it's interesting. How do you, I mean, obviously you taste the whiskeys, but is that hard to do because... What? 
pair up whiskeys and sake and um, sushi. Yes. Only because that's not typically what you know. When when I am in having sushi, I see a lot of people having you know a Sapporo or something like that. Um, not a lot of people ordering whiskey because I don't think they think of it necessarily. I think that's true in some of the smaller traditional places, but your larger restaurants, people do pair with sake. It's very custom. No, not sake. No, whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. He's yeah. saying whiskey. It, it, it's a I mean, listen, palate. Japanese whiskey is very popular yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, we've had like yeah. in the last year probably six Japanese yeah. whiskeys on air. But um, and, and sake is very the, – the understanding of sake has changed dramatically. The, the old like hot, you know, terrible, right. cheap – Sake that used to come with sushi, you know, 20 years ago is just not what people are drinking now. It's really a nuanced wine. I'm sure Wynn could probably wax more poetic about sake than I can. Um, but so you have... Uh, can you wax poetic, Wynn? Yeah, <laughs> Wynn is so knowledgeable. Um, so um, anyway, just quickly, Chef, can we just talk about some of the things you brought in today before we wrap up so people get an idea of like what, what, what we're going to be eating? And again, everybody... Please dig in. The chef has prepared some gorgeous, gorgeous food. Right. Um, just tell us quickly, chef. All right, we have a couple that try simple. Right, it's the uh, around there, the on top with the salmon, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, inside crunchy avocado, and uh, stir with the uh, spicy mayo. They call jet roll. And right in the middle is the wrap with the uh, soy pepper, chimichurri, avocado, so and yeah. the spicy tuna. That's called the dream roll. Mm-hmm. And another one is called. Uh, seaweed outside with the creamy jalapeno syrup for perfect. Like get the smell of the Japanese the uh, uh, garlic and on top with the uh, Hokkaido uh, cooked scallop. Right, it's got like nice and flavor, creamy uh, jalapeno and uh, with chili yuzu and a uh, black pepper salt. And uh, another one is right there. It's called the uh, volcano inside with the uh, rum crab, cucumber, avocado on top with rum crab with a spicy mayo. And on top of the crunchy. Thank you so much, Chef. I wish and you I came with say, a diving board because I would be. I think uh, the crew goes beautifully with sushi. Um, so just quickly, tell everybody where they can find you online and on Instagram. So online, it'll be kyogendc.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, the location of Kyogen is 3315 Caddy's Alley. We're right next to Cafe Leopold. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. For All right, Wing, come on up. So when it came to this event this year at Bourbon Steak, how did you guys take what happened last year? Because last year you had this blowout reception, which I was at, which was gorgeous. Wait a minute, which we were at. No, you were not at the reception. Oh, I went no, to the I was reception at the, without right. you. I got the dinner. Yeah. yeah. He went to the dinner. Whoopee. And that was amazing. That was so killer. how did you take what you guys did last year and be like, okay, we can build it. We can make it better. How'd you do that? Well, we thought it was a, a pretty nice success. So we didn't change a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The um, the reception is going to be uh, pretty similar, quite fun. Uh, we're going to have a little bit more of the- uh, You had the, spectacular the, jewelry last year. Yeah, they'll, they'll be back as well. Okay, that was sure. fun. I'm leaving uh, my wallet home, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be a smart idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to have more of the, uh, the the winemakers and the winery representatives at the reception. So there'll be a little bit more chances to mingle uh, mm. there along with the chefs that will mm-hmm. have their, uh, their, uh, their programs going on. Uh, and the uh, the master classes uh, are going to be a little bit more focused, uh, so we're going to have a little bit less of them, uh, but they're really really fantastic. And I think that's um, you know the best way of the weekend to uh, to kind of learn and to and to right meet because people. while you can do things a la carte, you really can sort of 
do the entire. Mm-hmm. It's a two day culinary experience, yeah. right? You are, you are welcome to buy uh, the package for the uh, the whole weekend, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, um, or if you just have time to go to one one of the dinners or the reception, or just one. Let me ask a question: How involved is Michael Mina in the nitty gritty of putting the event together? Uh, he is definitely involved. Um, you know, he, he's a very busy man, so he has uh, a lot of help. Uh, but um, right. we, we are definitely um, no more than one degree away from him if we need uh, if we need him to do something. Yeah, it's got to be a huge event for him because yeah. it's just. Um, and so when we come back, I'd like to talk about how you went about curating the kind of wine that you wanted to feature this year. Um, what are you going to be pouring next? Uh, next, we're uh, one of the two wines from Peter Michael, one of our uh, stateside wineries that's mm-hmm. uh, supporting us this year. Uh, they're La Premidi, uh, one of the benchmark uh, domestic Sauvignon Blancs. Uh, and uh, this is actually going to be fe- featured in one of the master classes, pouring different vintages, showing how a higher-end Sauvignon Blanc can age uh, a little bit. So it's going to be a really, really fun tasting to, to be able to taste these wines next to each other, which is a pretty rare Do people uh, think Sauvignon Blanc can't age? No, I mean, a lot of it doesn't, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but okay. when you get into these great vineyard sites and these great winemaking techniques, um, the, the, the wines will last for a long time. And as any other wine does, it will develop into more flavors and uh, just a much more complex experience. Cool. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Let's when go. We, when we come back, can we talk about wines and shelf life? Because I don't think... Sure. Absolutely. You know, if you go into a wine store, that's not one of the things that the information on the, you know, on the little tags mm-hmm. tells you. And it's a question of how long you can keep it. Sure. Absolutely. Or you shouldn't keep it anymore. Yeah. All right. Cool. So now we're going up country, right? Yes. Uh, we've got uh, Suzanne Eblin with us. She's the owner of Luckett's Old Store. And she brought in Amy White. They're going to tell us all about the Luckett's Fall Vintage Market. Well, let's talk a little bit about and Luckett's. Luckett's. Which is a 138-year-old <laughs> restored general store. Yeah, yeah, so tell us a yes. little bit about it. Yes. Yep. Luckett's store has been around since 1996. Mm-hmm. We bought it as an abandoned building and brought it to the home of just always the dream was to have a place that you you, you pass by on the highway and you imagined you would have a cool find and that we surpass your expectation. Right, tell so like you drive it by is, it and you're where, like, I wonder what's in there. Oh, tell, yeah, tell stuff all over outside. Okay. Okay. You can't miss it. You, okay. you, you, tell people, I want people to know because they drive by it. These seven city miles, folks, you know. seven miles north of Leesburg on Route 15. Okay. Right. Yes. yes. It's about an hour from the D.C. So what was the initial idea? Like, how did you go about curating what you have? I feel like today's... Today's word is curation. <laughs> so um, talk about how you went about creating your space well, and what you We buy what about. we love. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're gravi- we gravitate towards that. And mm-hmm. there's also a lot of other vendors at Luckett's that love what we do. And okay. they buy what they love. And we fill the building with, there's three full floors, mm-hmm. 5,000 square feet. And every, and every vendor is like a psychotic shopper. Yeah. We just buy, we just love to buy things. So it... And Amy is a, is an insane decorator. I'm not a psychotic shopper. <laughs> you got so much in is there any other Mickey? kind of shopping? <laughs> no, I was just thinking of the word psychotic. Actually, um, right. <laughs> we love love. I mean, it, we're, we're passionate about. It. Let's very use that word. Okay, passionate. passionate. Yes. Yeah. it's yes. also a p word. That yeah, works. We so love okay. to buy. We love to decorate with it. We love our customers. It's, yeah. it's a good kind. But what yeah. are you buying? Like what? What are the kinds of things? Vintage that, items in um, furniture, rugs, okay. artwork, lamps. When you say vintage, are you specific to to an uh, in a like is it Americana? Century, yeah, is Americana, mid-century modern, 1950s and yeah. before, pretty much, or any like yeah. the 60s yeah. and 70s are really there's there's a there's a yeah. I'm very 
very mid-century model. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a huge, huge market. market. You can sell me. Actually. Right. <laughs> mid-century <laughs> used to indicate more like the 50s and 60s, and now, now. that people, now that we're all we're getting dating old, ourselves. And we're dating <laughs> ourselves, it's now pushed into the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Now, oh, I sure. guess that makes a little sense. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I think of like 50s and 60s. Correct. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, in that like sort of Palm Springs line kind yeah. of. Yes. You know. Yeah. That's it's very popular. It's a cool vibe. There are several dealers at the shop that focus just on that. So there really is something for everyone. So how do you go about sourcing? Well, my famous pat answer to that question is, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be killed. Well, there's there's we, been 20 years of like, us hitting the roads, back, going like deep into like the country. Like, are you hitting, like, estate sales? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's Farm just sales, sort of curious. Farm sales. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Traveling yeah. and learning But you also have other, other, I mean, you've got the Fabioli Wine Garden there, too, and those are great wines. At the market. So, no, yeah, at the market. market. But yeah. at the market. I'm yeah. just saying, you're kind of like a shopping center for Oh, yeah. For it's this a destination. Yes. When right. we first yeah. started at Luckett's, it was not, we were it. There was yeah. nothing else out there. But yeah. over the past 25 years, wineries have cropped up, breweries have cropped up, other shopping, yeah. restaurants. So now it really is a whole day to come and spend. We, we need to, to take like that. a field <laughs> like, trip. Crazy? Oh, it's a total field here. trip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Hold on one sec. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on next weekend. Okay. Yes. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Booty and the Beast, 15 years on air. Woohoo! We'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Suzanne Eblen and Amy White from Luckett's Old Store. And uh, I think if you're anywhere, you know, familiar with Leesburg in that area, you know you know where the Clark County Fairgrounds are and you know that the Luckett's Wall Vintage Market is a great event annually and it's starting on October 13th. That's right. Uh, the Clark County Fairgrounds, by the way, is in Berryville, Virginia. It's it's about 25 minutes due west of mm-hmm. Luckett's store in Leesburg. you got to understand, okay. for us, for city folk, out there is that whole area. Yeah, yeah. pretty gotcha. much. It's a beautiful drive, though. It's, oh, Berryville's it's a great. Gorgeous Berryville's drive a in the country. Fun. So fun. Yes. And so what's going to be happening? Like, how there are people There will be, be over 200. This, this market has been growing for 25 years now. Okay. And now we're at the point where we've outgrown our grounds mm-hmm. at Luckett's, and we had to move to the Clark County Fairgrounds. Amazing. So now we're at the point where we have over 200 vendors from up and down the East Coast that come and set up. We've got antique dealers. We have artisans. Um, uh, and do artists. people have to apply? Like, do, are you like, vetted, this is what we sure. want? Absolutely. This is the sort yeah. of vibe we feel pictures. like? We check out their Instagram. We check out other markets that they've done. Mm-hmm. We make sure that we're curating a beautifully vis- um, visual experience for our mm-hmm. customers. We're kind of known for it. Okay, so now every time you hear the word curate, you mm-hmm. should drink. Okay, okay. go ahead. <laughs> Curate, curate, curate. Lynn, <laughs> I need more wine. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking for vendors that have the kind of things that we would love to buy. Sure. And um, it's really helps us. It helps us out we a lot. We want to shop more. Yeah. I like you both very, very much. I totally relate to what you're talking about. So now, well, can I just say, all, to, no. for, yeah, for one thing, because these kinds of events are so much fun. They are fun. Sidebar, There's, we were at a restaurant in Phoenix, Arizona, connected uh-huh. to... Kind of a luckets, really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we found the dining room chairs we've been looking for exactly. for ten years, yeah. Yeah. and shipped them and back here. Them. I mean, yeah. to, to, what did you say? Nice. I said, and we bought them. And we bought them. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I mean, that's the kind of thing I love exactly. the treasure hunting aspect. And there, of, yeah, there's a nice memory attached to that. So now you have a piece of furniture in your house. It's an expensive memory. Well, that's why you remember. It's in your home now, and it's it's not something you just went out to a store and like I don't know which dining room chair we need. Dining room chair. Let's get that one. So much fun to mosey around. I mean, we were in in Phoenix. There was a 
Phoenix or Scottsdale, there was a fair that was just blocks and blocks of booths yeah. where, you know, artists. That was in and, Tucson. And was that Tucson? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. My point is artisans and furniture and, you know, painters and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to kind of stroll around. But and now we, we have to... one here mm-hmm. and yeah. we can go next week. Yeah, and we try really hard week. to really make a day for everyone. We have live music. We have Vanish Beer Garden. We have Fabioli Cellars. Mm. We've got a lot of things going. We have a ton of food trucks there. So it makes for a really nice, well-rounded day. We have a lot of fun things for kids to do. It's, it's two set. full days? Three, three full, full days. Three, so Friday, Saturday, a, Sunday? Mm-hmm, correct. Wow. And it's set on a beautiful vintage fairground. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. old barns, and it, the whole the whole thing is very charming. It's a great day in the country. I can't remember what I went so to. So, what out are there, you guys but... most looking forward to? Like, is there a vendor or two that you're like, I cannot wait to see what they oh, have? There's oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, so can yes. you give me one or two? Well, back to the curate where that's yes. why we curate in the ones that we yeah. like. Right. <laughs> Exter Antiques always brings it. She. Um, what is it? Can you say that again? Exter. Mm-hmm. Okay. She um, sources from Belgium mm. and brings containers over, and it's just absolutely, her yeah, tent is always absolutely yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have Foundry the show barn. Off the charts. Foundry does always Chartreuse. wows everybody. Yeah. Off the charts. There's a lot of them. It's really hard to list them all because there are so many. Question. They do a beautiful job. For a lot people of listening, because they're going to get out there and they're going to be hungry. What's the kind of? They just said they have uh, a they ton have food of food trucks. Truck. Yeah, food but trucks. like what? Uh, we have burgers, um, lobster rolls, lobster rolls, oh, crab yeah. cakes. We've got yeah, we've got a pretty good spread of food trucks this year. Sexy Mexi's going to be back. Chef one is of my nodding. Favorites. He's going to be yeah. out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm very excited. Okay, tell everybody where they can find you guys online. And then where we can find all, I mean, obviously all this information is on the list, areyouwanna.com, which is also celebrating 20 years, um, but uh, where we can find you as well. For Luckett's Store, you can go to luckettstore.com. For the mm-hmm. markets, you can go to luckettsmarkets.com, which will give you all the information. The dates are October 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, early buyers is on Friday from 830 till 1230. I believe that's already sold out. Mm-hmm. But then general admission starts on Friday at 1230 till 5. And Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 5, it's general admission. We're coming. Cool. And if you we want are to see totally some beautiful coming. images, you can check out our Instagram that has beautiful pictures of what you'll find. Will you give me the handle? Handle? Uh, Luckett Store. At Luckett Store. Can we bring our dogs? Um, no, unfortunately, the fairgrounds not. doesn't allow no. us to have yeah. dogs. On that the is a good thing. Yeah. We don't want to bring our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we have two huge, I do. Really so do they. Yeah. All right. Anyway, all right. all right. Thank you guys so Thank much you. for coming. Thanks We're so excited. Congratulations on your 15. Thank you. Okay, when? When? Yes. This wine is really glorious. I know David didn't try it. Like it. No, it's I didn't beautiful. because it, I didn't have it. You have it. It's right Where, here. Relax. Oh, good. Is I will try always it. thinks he's like missing out I'm on something. I'm getting left out. Uh, can we go back to that question about just the the the, the duration of keeping a wine? And, Absolutely. And how people should, I mean, how do they find out? For sure. So, I mean, there's two ways to think about it. You want to think about bottle age and then once it's open. Uh, we'll start, start with the first. Um Generally, um, storage is very important. You know, there's three things that will degrade a wine in the bottle, uh, light, vibration, uh, and heat, of course. So um, mitigating those factors wherever your wine is, is staying um, will keep the wine as, as fresh as possible and age it a little bit more slowly. Um, so your red wines are going to lighten up in color a little bit. The, t- the tannins will soften. The white wines will get a little bit more of an unctuous kind of oily mouthfeel over mm-hmm. time. Um, I would generally say most wine that's produced needs to be drank within two years. Uh, but then when you're getting into white wine, uh, white wine, yeah, 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 sorry. Um, and then you know your red wines, you can go up, to, you know, five years or so. And you know, I think that you know once anyone has a palate for drinking young wine, that's when you really start to appreciate the older wine because you might remember what it tasted like before, mm-hmm. uh, and then now you're experiencing it in a totally different light. 
Um, so always um, kind of uh, always nice to taste things next to each other or taste things young and then taste things old. I love that. So along so, with experimenting, well, just, is there some sort of universal database that people can refer to? Or you just, I mean, if you're that interested. You got to know your experts. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, anything, again, with the, 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 the proper storage is going to be fine generally. Um, you know, you're um, – you can kind of use price as a uh, as a barrier sometimes as, as a barometer, excuse me. Um, and um, generally, the wines that are costing more these days are going to be aged a little bit Less longer. Longer, okay. you know, the, um, they, they'll see they'll see some more oak, which can you know uh, elongate the wine's life and things like that. See, I asked the question is the great unwashed one. I asked not the not the people with you know, <laughs> the palate. Well, we only have so much time. Oh well. So um, okay, we're gonna have you pour and then we'll bring you both back on at the end and you're going to give us all the details for the event because you have all these chefs here and that dinner last year was like the biggest party it was, it was on fire so i want to hear how you guys are going to execute it this year because you have something to top what are we pouring next uh so a second wine from peter michael again uh, so a mm-hmm. departure from their high elevation home vineyard in knights valley in sonoma mm-hmm. uh this is their o parody uh oakville cabernet uh mm-hmm. so they have they uh, have since kind of purchased a uh, a not low-lying, but a uh, semi-low-lying uh, eastern hillside plateau vineyard in Napa Valley in this very famous Oakville kind of red soil. Uh, so this is a very plush, fruit-forward, nice, dark, rich uh, Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from, uh, from again, a really great site. Um, and it, honestly, it's my favorite wine in, in their portfolio, but that's cool. just me. So All right, well, happy, happy to have it. Pour it. Bring it on. We're in. All right. So we know Michael Schlau, and we know Michael Schlau loves Italian food. And so we've got okay, with wait, us, Chef. Not just wait a minute. Wait, wait, Come wait. on. That's we've not got... an introduction for Michael Schlau. Well, Give me a break. He's, a, he's, he's, he's such a mensch. He's a we James Beard award winning chef. He comes in. Every time he, he he's sneezes, so much fun. he opens a restaurant. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and Matt Smith is the executive chef at Alta Strada in Mosaic. Um, and Which and, we've been to and love. You know, we just got back from Italy. So, you know, we did. So Lucky. I'm feeling love for you. I want you to know. Um, and, and I mean, but you know, we 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 know Michael, and you know, he talks about he, he practically his head lives in Italy. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, first of all, how about a little background on you? Yeah, you have a pretty good resume. Yeah, sure. Pretty yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I've been around the country a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of done uh, every role in the kitchen you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. I started very humbly um, in Ellicott City. I'm a, a local product, born and raised in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I got very lucky walking into an all-scratch kitchen at the age of 15 with uh, a chef right out of culinary school who was doing really cool uh, all-from-scratch cooking. Uh, Where was it? Uh, this was actually a local place called Bippy's Pub uh, in Ellicott City. That okay. was uh, an Irish bar and grill. Uh, that was actually cranking out some serious cuisine. <laughs> uh, great. So, so I, I was 15 years old, and I was in charge of making cream of crab soup and quiche uh, about my second week there, uh, cooking professionally. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but, but we um, hear so many stories like that of people who, like, sort of fall into the industry, yeah, right, and yeah. then find their passion. I was doing construction with my older brother, and uh, that wasn't for me at the mm-hmm. age of 14 and 15, uh, mm-hmm. lugging around steel partition work. walls. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I looked for an alternate route um, and just happened to fall in with, with some really good chefs who really took me under their wing. Uh, one of the chefs I worked for, Bob Phillips, ended up running uh, Candom Yards when they first opened. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when the Orioles first wow. opened back in the day. Um, but, yeah, so I was uh, – I had a – 
uh, just a chance opportunity and moved to Las Vegas in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fell in with a gentleman who was a corporate chef for Wolfgang Puck out there. I mm-hmm. uh, was kind of a young prodigy himself. Um, and he had uh, branched out and opened a chain of Southwest style smokehouses. Mm. Uh, they were 24 hours, uh, 24-7, 365. We were never allowed to close the doors. That sounds like a description of Las Vegas. I was yeah. 24 I, years yeah. old at the time. Living uh, large with a crew in of Vegas. about 50 people oh under me in a $6 million a year restaurant. So mm-hmm. um, I jumped into it pretty quick. Um, but uh, it was really uh, quite a culinary education there in curing meats, uh, smoking, uh, the low and slow process of cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we made took four days to make. I mean, it was... It was kind of unbelievable. Intense, but, right. But I want you to rush forward to Joe Bastianich in yes. Italy because yes. that's where your so, life took a um, big turn. Yeah. So um, I spent uh, five years in the Venetian Casino mm-hmm. um, and, the, and the attached Palazzo um, working in uh, three out of his four restaurants there. At the time, there was only three, so I worked in all their restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I did every single station in every kitchen. Uh, paid my dues. And uh, actually, I had taken a step down. I was executive chef at the Smokehouse. And actually took a step down to line cook, uh, making 16 bucks an hour because I wanted to learn regional fine dining Italian food. Did they food. take you to Italy and feed they you like did. A- They did. So I worked my way up through the ranks, and I was a sous chef at their uh, steakhouse, Carnivino, they had out there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually part of a, uh, a chef's educational tour that they do. Um, Bastianich uh, sponsored my trip over there. He actually came with us. I mean, he's so, such uh, a leader. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, he has fostered so many careers. Really inspirational. He's really unbelievable. uh, Yeah. uh, Really cool guy to hang out Mm -hmm. with. I mean, you know, we went right to his apartment and hung out with him for the day. Uh, we spent two days at the Tuto Food Festival in Milan, mm. uh, just traipsing around <laughs> we with him. We were just in Milan. Felt like big shots. It was pretty cool. Sipping, you know, tasting 150-year-old balsamic vinegars and... There was a, uh, piece of, a piece of mortadella there that was the size of a pickup truck. Mm. I'll, I'll never forget that in my life. Um, okay, so how'd you hook up? We have to wait. We're going to take a break because then we got to find. We got to. We got to fast forward. I got to find out how you got me right, right. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. Fifteen years on air. We'll be back in just a sec. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on our fifteenth anniversary show. This is a lot of fun, and to make it fun, we brought in Chef Matt Smith, who's talking to us about his life. The the many the many twists and turns of his life in the kitchen. You're now executive chef at Alta Strada. So how did you hook up with uh, Schlau and Alex Levin? Uh, so actually, um, I actually found them online. Okay, no kidding. <laughs> um, I've I've known of uh, Chef Schlau for pr- pretty much my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching Top Chef Masters as a young chef in Las Vegas. I think mm-hmm. I was 27 or 28 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've just known he's had a relationship with. Uh, Almost everyone I've ever worked for. Um, that doesn't I, sound right, but I, no, I, but he I, has. I, he's well, prolific. You know, uh, I mean, because he, you uh, know, he's got his restaurants in Boston and then here in DC, but he's he's got him over in like yeah, Dubai. Yeah. He's everywhere. I mean, he's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And I've actually cooked for him before without even knowing it. Uh, no he, kidding. He was a regular at, at one of our restaurants oh, cool. in Las Vegas, and we started talking. And he was like, "Were you there in 2010? Were you cooking the dried ribeyes?" Yes. Yeah, sir, he's I got was. an insane. So at Alcatraza, <laughs> I mean, are you? Do you have to take direction from a corporate somebody, or do well, they, you have I mean, the freedom to? Um, Michael is uh, a station in Boston right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, because I'm brand new, he just came down and spent two week- weeks with me at the mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, and basically just sort of um, making sure that our philosophies align. Um, it's not so much, you know, you need to have this on the menu. I want you to have this. You can't do this. It was more of uh, aligning our philosophies of food. Um, which is the Italian philosophy of just simple, 
uh, you know, clean, minimal ingredients, clean, mm -hmm. great ingredients that stand out on the plate yep. without being too fussy about it. Well, but, and since Alta Strada is really like a family Italian restaurant, right? Like you have one is. here in D.C., the one in Mosaic, like you're you're reaching a customer base. You want families. You want kids. I mean, it's approachable Italian food. It's it not is. fine dining it Italian. Um, you know, I we have a, sort of a, a chef special uh, page where I get to branch out a little bit, and I'll mm -hmm. be doing some uh, some of the the stuff that I like to do that might be a little bit on the higher end, um, I guess you could say. But um, I like to use all different ingredients in Italian cuisine. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's casual, fine. I just make everything sing on the plate is what I try to do. And just use, you can feature these amazing producers and purveyors um, that have these old world traditions. And you simply put that on the plate and it, and it stands out on its own. Well, let me, mm -hmm. let me bring up, because we're Italophiles. Every time we leave this country, we go to Italy. Awesome. And, I mean, David and speaks Italian. I, I so, love and he you know, there. all of that and the simplicity of it. The hardest bloody thing in the world is for somebody to cook pasta al dente. In oh, Italy, we yes. had actually we had our first meal the first night. Was it was like mush, and I'm like, dude, we're in Italy for God's sake. Yeah, the rest of yeah. it was great, but I mean, what's what's your your process for cooking well, al dente pasta? Um, and uh, a lot of chefs will tell you that a fresh handmade pasta is almost never going to be al dente. Which is um, right, you know. I mean, depending you, on the shape. Depending on the shape, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to have hard surface pastas uh, more often than not. Um, and you have to nail the cooking time to where you're pulling that pasta Bingo. up before it's done yep. and finishing it in the sauce. Mm -hmm. um, that's a that's a common mistake. Exactly. People cook the the heck you're out of it that, in like, the water. You're saying that like you cook a no lick. no, but I know you. I mean, it keeps cooking after you pull it, it out does, of the water. You know, I'm not a complete idiot. Okay, I, you know, I know that. A golden rule is, is a minute and a half before it's done, and then a minute and a half in the sauce. Mm -hmm. And you should they should marry together. Uh, my philosophy, and and I know Michael shares it as well, is you should never have a pool of sauce. Mm -hmm. leftover in the bottom of the plate. I mean, the 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 uh, sauce is the condiment for the pasta that is the star of the It should be coating show. it. It should be just coating it, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, um, wait, this is great. This is like a technical approach to al dente pasta. Yeah, I love it. yeah. It's great. And, um, you know, it's almost impossible to take a fresh ravioli or something like that you just made this morning and, and keep it al dente. I mean, sure. it's sort of like, it's I think that's a little, little bit of a soft, misnomer. Right. We um, had a 36 yolk pasta. Oh wow! Oh my yes, God in heaven. Yes. I think it's still like right here. Yes, oh. that's, that's it was. I mean, well, I mean, either that or you're pregnant again. So, right, it yeah, was so yeah. rich, but like um, that's I mean, not we al dente. Right. Well, you know. and I'm, I'm making a dough right now um, at Alta Strada that is all yolk. Mm. Um, oh my God! All it is is double zero flour, yolk, a little salt, and a little olive oil, and uh, yeah. we sheet that out for our lasagna uh, because I prefer using that to like uh, an egg style. Uh, lasagna sheet that sometimes mm -hmm. you see. Um, I feel like the uh, the all uh, double zero and the egg yolk kind of uh, holds its shape a little better. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're you're cooking this thing and then you're reheating it and baking it and melting all the cheese and everything, you still get that texture of the mm. pasta. In oh, there. I love this. So Whereas just quickly, we have lost. like one minute. Just you brought in some gorgeous things today. Tell us just quickly what uh, you brought in. So uh, I can't believe nobody is eating in studio. You're all so shy. What's <laughs> I'm happening? I'm we're shy. We're yeah, shy. Dig the in. wine yes. hasn't started flowing quite okay. yet. And I'm gonna eat. Um, so, ahead, chef. so a couple things that I brought in that I'm mm -hmm. featuring on the on the fall menu that we just put out. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a bruschetta. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm taking uh, goat cheese, uh, a little heavy cream, and a mix of sage, uh, parsley, and rosemary and mm -hmm. whipping it up. 
Uh, so it's whipped goat cheese, and then on top is uh, like a, a wild mushroom mix mm. uh, that we roast hard in the oven and caramelize. Yeah. Uh, and then I finish it with a sherry vinegar agridulce. Particular uh, kind of mushroom that you use? Or? Uh, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mix that we get. Uh, it has oysters, uh, cremini, shiitake. Oh it's gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, All right, uh, so Chef, I, I'm sorry, I have to wrap you up because i got to oh, get back no. to Win and Eric. Let's do a two-hour So hour tell show. everybody where they can find you. Uh, so I'm at Alta Strada. It's in the Mosaic District in Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the, the outdoor mall that they have out there. Yep. It's beautiful. And um, I just took over the restaurant. I'm, this is uh, a month for me, uh, my month anniversary. So I'm um, super excited. Um, I'm there all the time. So uh, we can't wait to can see you. We're, us, we're dinner only right now, but um, we're going to be uh, trying to get back into lunch here pretty soon. But great. I'm there all the time. So come in and see me. And say all right, hi. Matt. That was thank great. you. All right. Eric and Wen, come back on to, to the, the mic. wine, guys. So. Let's talk about how uh, the reception and the dinner are being executed this year and what people can look to enjoy. Um, yeah, really a fun party. You mentioned it, uh, the, the event that we had last year. Oh, so much um, fun. So much fun. And, and you know, the great thing behind this event is it for, it's for charity. Mm-hmm. Um, last year we supported World Central Kitchen and we raised $100,000 and we are uh, hoping to top that this year. Um, this year we are working with Johns Hopkins Kimmel Cancer Center at mm. uh, Sibley Memorial Hospital, uh, which, you know, to me personally, cancer uh, it strikes near and dear to my heart. My ma- my mom's a cancer survivor. Um, so getting behind a cause like that is just uh, so profound and, and helping to support. Mm-hmm. Um, so November 2nd is the kickoff for that reception, a big opening party, uh, rolling right into Friday, November 3rd. How many wine sessions are there on Friday? There, there's one session. One and session. Four options. Okay. So I can go through this real fast. So Peter Michael has yep. one. Uh, Krug has one. Uh, Fortunate Son, uh, the new wine from 100 Acre, mm-hmm. uh, has a session. And Bond, a very great uh, Harlan. Oh, my God. How to choose. I know, right? It's amazing. And are the winemakers are coming in? Winemakers and or principals of the. Okay. Uh, I love the name Fortunate Son. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah. And then how is the dinner being executed? So we, we kick off the dinner at 6.30. We'll start off with a uh, meet and greet cocktail reception, some delicious amuse-bouche and, and, and uh, treats created from the, the chefs. And then this year we're doing it a little bit differently. We're pairing um, these great, wonderful chefs uh, per course. Mm-hmm. So it would be two chefs per course uh, working together to create a truly Oh, fun. Uh, so they have to do it in tandem. Dish. Yeah. Oh, that is fun. I love that. That's really Can I just exciting. say that for, you know, and I, I represent sort of the – Meatballs in the in the crowd. I mean, the, did, to, did to you be, need to know that? No, did to I hear need it? To say did you that? have to hear it? But to, to, be, to, to meet Michael Mina and to hang out a little, you know, they didn't stay in the kitchen. They came out and they, you know, they were very accessible to the to the crowd. And then Jose Andres showed up. I mean, it was really. Oh fun. my god, it was such a party! But to be able to schmooze with Sobel and those guys is a lot I mean, of fun. We go way back with Sobel, so yeah, he's a great, great guy, great chef. Yeah. <laughs> he's a character. Uh, anyway, all right, so. Let's get the 411. How can people get tickets? I mean, obviously, it's all on the list, areyouwanted.com. But tell everybody where we can find you and how we can get our tickets for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tickets can be purchased through Eventbrite. We have um, pages listed for those sites. Uh, also, direct links from our websites that you can um, you can use to access those um, those Eventbrite pages. Mm-hmm. Um, we are located in the, inside the Four Seasons in Georgetown, 2800 Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, both events will be held on site. Um, and again, it's going to be a, a wonderful cause and a wonderful uh, two-day event. 
Excellent. All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. Wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Uh, it's got to be obvious to anybody who's been listening to the news that the knuckle draggers in Congress are threatening um, funding for Ukraine. And while we in the private sector who who donate money are really supporting the refugees and all that, I'm just I urge everybody to keep doing that because on the flip side of the military scene are millions of people who've been displaced. Mm-hmm. They're still getting killed indiscriminately every day. So, you know. If you get a latte every morning, maybe you go without your latte for a week and send that money to the Red Cross. You could send it to Jose's people who are feeding people. But but do it. And um, if you're listening and you're not in D.C., don't vote in people who (laughs) want to let Ukraine go its own way. Okay. That's our political moment on the show. That's our political moment. Uh, So we want to thank all of these people for coming in today. The studio is full of food. You'll see that on my uh, videos and uh, photographs on Instagram. So check that out at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads. Don't forget, Industry Night Now has a YouTube page, and you should be subscribing. We want to thank everybody here today. Uh, Check out the list, areyouonit.com. Everything you heard here today is on there. Um, and follow me because there's so much fun and deliciousness happening around the city. Everybody be safe out there and have a delicious week. <laughs>